Welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, here with episode 380-something. I don't know where we're at, uh, but I have a wonderful guest with me, the host and owner of the new show, Ghost Hunting Beauties. This is an absolutely wonderful show on YouTube. Just finished its first season. You guys got to check it out. And here we have Angela Cotts. Angela, how are you? doing great how are you i'm doing wonderful thank you i'm so excited to talk to you about the show uh season one was amazing and uh i i can't wait to see what you have in store for us next but the obvious question uh you know it's obvious where it comes from you've had a whole history throughout your life with paranormal activity i have lived in a haunted house i've lived in a haunted apartment and my whole family has had a uh, history of paranormal activity. I, li- I worked in a haunted restaurant. So oh, wow. I, uh, I'm a little familiar with uh, with the grounds that you walk. Right. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So you couldn't get away from it, could you? <laughs> no. And that's OK. So that let's just start there, because that's kind of the thing. Right. As uh, as people, we tend to be what well, we used to be in a self-preservation mode. We would avoid danger. We would be careful turning, you know, before we pulled out onto a street to make sure there's no oncoming traffic. Now nobody gives a shit. They just do whatever. Uh, but it seems like the natural thing would be to stay out of harm's way and you are just heading right for it. Oh, yeah. Straight for it. Straight for it. I hear, I hear danger and I'm heading straight to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it, it takes a certain personality to be willing to sit in the dark and have try and have conversations with things that if they turned violent for whatever reason, uh, which is not common, but it does happen, uh, there's not much you could do. Exactly. Like, how are you going to fight a ghost? I mean, like I said, I think we mentioned earlier, throw baby powder, then you can find them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it's going to stick to them, right? Because that's how it works. Sure, uh, right. But, but I think that's the thing. It's like it. It is. I understand why people are terrified of them and why people don't want to believe that they exist because of that very thing. Because what you can, you can hide in a basement if there's a tornado. You have at least right. a reasonable chance of survival. If a ghost wants to attack you, they're just going to do it. That's it. And it's happened to me. I've been scratched. Uh, I've been pushed. I've been choked. And, you know, unfortunately, not on camera. So at least I could show everybody. But, you know, <laughs> it sounds like an awful thing to say. But I always say if something's going to happen to me, at least let it be on camera so people could have evidence. But it's right. so hard to prove those things other than seeing scratch marks like mm-hmm. people can see that. But if you don't see it as it's happening, you know, there's a lot of disbelievers in the field, which, which I expect, like, I totally expect that. So I usually don't get offended as long as they're not shaking their finger at me and going, you're a liar. And I was like, how do you know? We have lots of people there. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's a tough thing in today's world, because as AI is getting better and better, and it's easier to create things that um, look super realistic and aren't, uh, except for hands, hands and fire, it doesn't seem to be able to do well with those. But (laughs) Uh, it it is a tough sell to get people to understand that you actually are genuine. What you catch, you catch. Right. The only way I've been able to take a lot of skeptics away is uh, for a while when I was doing research for the show is I dove headfirst into the paranormal world because that is a different type of community that's out there. And I needed to find out what do people like about shows? What don't they like about shows? What do they want to see? And if the concept I had was even going to land, you know, if Mm -hmm. this was something that people even cared about, because I certainly didn't want to go 
running around and and doing this and filming and and spend all of my life savings and then no one cared. You know, I'm like, oh, I've been like, oh, devastated. So I'm glad everybody's been very receptive and loving it because I want people to feel like they're there. I want them to feel like they're experiencing it with us. Because like you said, people are scared of the unknown. Mm-hmm. So at yeah. least you can watch it from your comfy couch, you know, bundled up in your blanket. And you could be like, I wouldn't do that, but you can't stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and people are scared, including your co-hosts. They do not, um, they, they've gotten better. They're strong people, but uh, boy, you put them in that element, especially your last episode, Demon's Road. Oh, yeah. uh, that was a tough one for them. That was the coup de grace. That's what they get for wandering off. That was the the <laughs> rule of the show is don't wander off because especially Demon's Road is unpredictable. I had did my research for a long, long time with people telling me I saw this, I experienced that, and people that sent me pictures, videos. So I was getting confirmation that there was a lot to be afraid of there. And the first time we filmed there, it was mostly drunk college kids were the biggest thing to be afraid of because they were out there screaming in the woods, trying to prank us. And I'm like, no, come on. Like three in the morning, these kids were bored. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to, to Huntsville, but there's just, there's no lights. No one has porch lights on and there's no noise. There's not leaves crunching. Like, I mean, the wood, it's the woods. You should hear animals something nothing it's dead silent and then here comes these teenagers so they're bored i can't blame them for having fun we met a lot of interesting people and uh, a lot of people that just came to visit during the daytime i mean once the sun sets totally different totally different yeah well i mean you're you're doing a show you're serious and you're trying to get footage and it doesn't help when people i mean if if they want to chat with you before or after that's fine but in the middle of recording that's very frustrating i'm sure um That is an interesting thing, though, that you're not hearing animals. And come to think of it, I didn't hear crickets. I didn't hear anything. It was dead silent until we were doing the Estes method. And Mm -hmm. the strangest thing is what we've actually concluded is that when she was speaking and saying words, she said, we walk for hours. We can't talk. And then suddenly we hear like marching and then we're surrounded And the crew is trying to hold the camera and looking everywhere going, do you hear that? There's no humans that's out there. We had the roads blocked off at that point. We were smarter this time. No one was out there. And we heard human footsteps surrounding us and we we didn't see anything. And she was talking about that we walked for hours. It had to have been some kind of cavalry, like back in the day. It had to have been some sort of battle or cavalry because who else would march for hours and then suddenly surround us? So that's the only sound we heard. And then the baby crying. No one has been able to fully confirm what that is. I've heard theories and I'm not down with any of them because I wasn't about to go in the woods to find it. Well, it's it's probably one of the last things that you would expect you would hear and just coming out of nowhere. And especially, I think, didn't didn't the voice come through saying baby or something about uh, a baby right at that time? Yes, I heard it in the distance. And then suddenly she goes, baby. And I went, no, no, no. That's the one time you see me freak out on the episode because I've heard of skinwalkers. I'm hearing about people saying fairies. Like there's so many theories out there. And if there's no noise, there's no baby. There can't be a baby. So something else is making that noise. And I don't have an explanation. It's the fear of the unknown is what will get you. And sitting there in the pitch dark, I'm like, oh my God freaking out. Well, and that's the other thing. I think it's kind of like, 
if you watch a show like The Amazing Race, okay, and you're seeing these little snippets of people's day, you're not really understanding that these people have been running for 20 hours. They're trying, they're in places they don't know. You don't understand the depth of their exhaustion. When people watch your show, I don't think they get that what you see is pitch black because we're looking through that that night vision right. and we're seeing everything and we think you're seeing everything, but you're not. You don't see anything. Nothing. Like we can barely see. Even the camera crew has to be as brave as us. Those who are working sound have to be brave as us. If mm-hmm. you'll see on TikTok, one of the girls who was holding the boom mic says it doesn't help when the when the person holding the boom mic takes off running and got <laughs> that's very I made, true i made a comment about the sound being terrible on that and she's like i'm so sorry because she took <laughs> off running you hear everybody screaming james 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 that's that's my husband mm. so they're all screaming for him because he's not faced by any of this like he could see something and he's not faced that's just nothing has faced him yet the jail was the closest to where he goes that's interesting <laughs> that one got him a little bit because mm. the jail cell slammed And you have to physically, like, I wish I would have went back and debunked it. You have to physically push and pull and come around and slam that cell. Like you can't, it's not just going to the wind and it's going to close. It's heavy. And we're all filming in one spot. And then you hear wham. And we're like, oh, then you hear voices talking. And unfortunately, unless you have mics planted everywhere, you're not going to catch some of that. And who's to say that? be able to catch it anyways that's why i guess a lot of the ghost hunters are doing the evps are a little bit better mm-hmm. to capture because we're hearing things and it's right there but we're not it's not on the camera it's like oh come on because we're hearing it so like i said everybody said fix the sound for season two i was like i'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> well okay I, and i want to make sure that we talk about the flashlights because that's a really interesting thing but let's talk about the sound a little bit because for every evp recorder that you leave in a jail cell or in a hospital room or wherever you're going to be. You're also talking, what, six hours more of detailed listening. You know, you could could put it on a computer, you could boost the signal so you can kind of look at it visually and maybe narrow down some of your time. But you're talking a lot of hours now that you're adding for every episode. So where you're at now, how long does it take you to put an episode together from from the time that you come back with the footage from like, let's say, from when you start reviewing everything and assembling the episode? That's got to be a lot of hours involved. A lot of hours. If we had more people doing the editing, then it would be a lot shorter. But we were also filming podcasts in between there, too. And I was, you know, getting my feet wet doing that. So we were editing podcasts going out filming, then you have to go back and get B-roll. We were trying to do all of that in 24 hours, B-roll, everything. So Hotel Icon, what you'll see is we went there at lunchtime and didn't leave until 6 a.m. the next morning trying to get all the footage we possibly could. And luckily, they were the nicest people on the planet. Like, they did not embrace any of this until we went there. And now they're advertising that they're haunted after us. Wow. And I went, wait a minute, you didn't even tell me that ghost story. I was like, (laughs) you could have aired that because it was one more thing that I could have done. But they were, when we first called them, they're like, I don't think it's haunted. And then we went and started talking to the staff. They go, 
Oh yeah, we've seen stuff. So I always get confirmation. I don't like just rumors or it's rumored that so-and-so, I mean, I'll say it's rumored if it is, but I would rather someone saw something, someone experienced something so that we're also not wasting a lot of time either. Like if it's heavy activity, we're there. I want to see stuff. I mean, there's some places I think you could probably go without researching like the Queen Mary because it's got such a huge history already and things like that. But yeah, for especially for local places, because you're also going to have the businesses that are like, hey, let's let's get in on this action and see if we can get some customers out of this, especially like, uh, you know, your more rural places that don't get a lot of traffic. Uh, I don't blame them, but it's, you know. I think it's great. It it used to be I think people were deterred by it. And I think now it's a selling point. Almost Mm -hmm. like saying that here, come stay here in the haunted room and you can charge twice as much in the haunted room. And you can say, you know, come to this place like the Galvez is massively haunted, but they won't let us film without them keeping our footage. So we didn't want to give up our rights to that footage. I've seen other videos there and I didn't as a medium, I didn't pick up a lot, which not to say it's not haunted because the girls initially before the show started that's what inspired me is they had their cell phones catching stuff that I went, that's, you can't explain that. And then their Mm -hmm. fridge doors would open and close and like they had nonstop activity and they, they were not into this until I said, Hey, you know, would you want to do this on a show? Well, and the other challenges too, is that, okay, maybe the day that you went there, there wasn't a lot of activity on that day. Maybe the ghosts weren't around or they were, you know, somewhere else where you weren't, or they were avoiding you because they didn't know what to make of you. Maybe they didn't want to be found. So there's so much that goes into it because you can go to a location. You're not necessarily going to get any footage. Exactly. That's the challenge. I think a lot of, uh, I talked about this in my latest update on TikTok was that most ghost hunting shows have at least seven to 10 days of filming. So they're wearing the same clothes over and over to for continuity. People don't realize that. They think they just went in in 24 hours. But they're building up that trust with spirits by being there that long, and they're more likely to capture more activity. And even then, sometimes it can be minimum, even with seven days being there. But that's something that I also talk to people from different communities and other people filming, and they told me, they're like, man, you could sit here for two days and get nothing. And I'm like, oh, I don't have two days. (laughs) And that's frustrating because you're putting so much into every episode. There's the travel time and the expense and the exhaustion and putting everything else you're doing on hold for that time. You can't just put your life on hold for a week every time you want to do an episode. Exactly. Because everyone has jobs. Like I run a full service marketing and media company with my husband. So we are taking care of clients and this is 24 seven that we are doing this. Our lives are put into that. And then when I started the ghost hunting beauties, that is a second career. That is, you know, not, that is not a hobby. That's what I've told people. It's like, I take it personally because it's not a hobby. I'm not just doing this for fun. Like this is my life. And this is, I want to inspire people. I want people to, you know, whatever they didn't like with ghost shows before that they'll like here, because we're also not as scary as some of them. Although Demon's Road had its moments. (laughs) Yes, it did. Well, I think, I think too, you have a different approach. You don't approach, like there's some shows that try to attack and provoke the ghosts. And then there's other shows that are just like, they don't, they don't interact at all. They just wait for the ghosts. Like you guys are really friendly and welcoming, trying to draw that energy out, which I think, I don't think I've really seen that uh, genuinely. I think I've seen that as a, as a trick or an effort, but I, I don't like, it's just who you guys are. 
Definitely. Especially SPI has so long of a history of doing this already. And whenever I met them, that was also part of the vetting process of working with them is they were so kind. Like they they were almost like spiritual advisors to mm-hmm. spirits. Like they were going in there and helping families. So they're helping spirits and they're helping families. They're like, hey, we're not getting along. So therefore it's a you know spiritual disturbance. And they're like, how do we help? So, I mean, some spirits were wanting to cross over if that's what you believe. There are some spirits that were wanting to communicate, wanted their stories told. You know, everyone has differing views on that. So I'm always very sensitive to that when people talk because, you know, there are some uh, ghost hunting shows that don't believe in crossing over at all. But I've actually helped multiple spirits cross over. I had to be trained. I didn't just go out there and here. I don't know what I'm doing. Who knows where I'd send them off to? Right. (laughs) Yeah. SPI, that was the whole point is SPI comes in with their their professional and they showed us what to do, what not to do. Like you can see the mistakes in, in like, I think episode one, I'm, they're like, never sit on the bed and we're all on the bed. <laughs> right. And, I, and, and you guys integrate so well together because they come at it from a more experienced, almost this is our, our job perspective. And you guys come in and you bring that warmth to it. To, I, I think you guys complement each other very, very well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Huh. I'm curious. I'm sorry. I said we definitely want to do that. That's definitely. Oh what yeah. We're- um, I'm the the restaurant that I worked in that was haunted. Turns out that the foundation was made from sandstone, and sandstone is known to have recording properties, and wow. can play sounds uh, back at times. But obviously, when you're out in a field, there's probably not a lot of sandstone out in the the fields of Texas. So it seems like uh, that would be a little more concerning because that would be a more active thing as opposed to something that you're seeing that's just repeating. Um, has there has does it feel any different if it's if it seems like it's a residual haunting versus something that's interactive? Have you noticed any or have you experienced any residuals? I think when at Demon's Road, when the soldiers were surrounding us, that part of that felt residual. And then it was mixed with spirits that had just been running around there for who knows how long. Like, to me, there's something that predates that cemetery because it used to be a church. So it was Martha's Chapel there. And it was, you know, a lot of uh, Methodist community there. And the, the child that I saw was dressed in a lot older garb. And to me, it's like I'm terrible with time periods, but it's like I can see it. And then I try to communicate and go, they're wearing this kind of hat and this, you know, it reminded me of um, one of those little orphan movies where they have little hats. I I can't even right, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's what I was seeing. So to me, when the soldiers surrounded us, that felt residual, like Mm. they were back in battle. But with other spirits, that one felt like it was just running around and. And of course, on one of the tapings that I'm not sure, I don't think that one made it onto the screen was. He, the little kid runs over and grabs the antenna because it keeps going off. And then I was so tired, I think two or three in the morning. And I said, you better stop that. And they ran off, never came back. No more activity. I said, oh, <laughs> it was just so crazy. Oh, well, but that that shows that that's more of a live situation as, as opposed to residual. Right. Let, let me ask you this, because I, I think about hopefully a long time from now, but when I die, do I really want to stay here and watch everything that's going on and not like, I want to get the hell out of here. (laughs) Right. You know, I I can't imagine wanting to stick around. What do you think it is that, that keeps them here? I I would imagine it's probably a variety of things, but. Oh yeah. 
One of the number one things I've seen, and it may even fall into a paranormal cliche, but people who commit suicide tend to stay. It's usually because they're so tormented in life that when they choose to take that option or if there's mental illness or something that leads them down that dark path, there's something unresolved. So they stay. They don't cross over generally. I don't think that they can't cross over. I think it's just there's something like, a, let's say, a heartbreak or that someone was torturing them or, or something terrible is happening in their life that keeps them here. So I've seen that a lot with suicides because it seems to be really common. I go, how did you, you know, pass away if you don't mind sharing? And a lot of times they'll tell me, oh, I, I took my life so I can't go up there. So it's almost like their mindset is stuck here thinking mm-hmm. that I can't cross over. And so they just stay and wonder. I, I can't tell you how many spirits I've told that uh, you're you're good. You you can go, and they're like, oh, okay, and then gone. So and, that, and that's kind of sad, go. though, that that there isn't something that comes out and says, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna transition you because that's the, I guess, more the biblical thing is that your right. relatives are waiting for you and they'll they'll guide you in or whatever, and to find out that there's not going to happen, that sucks. <laughs> that's why a lot of kids get stuck down here it shocks me how many children we come across that one's the one that's always really rough like first of all ghost kids scare me <laughs> and then second of all it's it's I feel sad because once I get past the initial fear I go you know I try to help them you know pass over if I can or you know sometimes they're just kids and they're just playing they they, they don't really get the concept that they're no longer in a living vessel if that makes sense. Yeah. And and that seems weird because I would think if I went into a store and I can't flag anybody down, I can't pick up an object or or I put it on the counter and no one's there to ring me up or they're not looking at me and I'm just standing there screaming at them, I would have to think maybe something's not right anymore. Right. <laughs> you know. Be surprised. We come yeah. across it all the time. It, it's really interesting. That's a really good question though, by the way, because Thank that's you. It's what I I come across a lot was the it's a belief system or feeling like there's things that they haven't said or done. But then by that point, those other people, like I say, let's say if it's a heartbreak, that person's already passed on and now you're still here. Mm -hmm. So I always say, man, if you could cross over, it's like, just do that. It's like, I wouldn't want to stay here either. It's like this this planet gets worse and worse by the day on some level. So I'm like, no, thank Mm -hmm. you. Bye. (laughs) Right. That's what I mean. Like, as soon as I'm done, I'm like, all right, great. Let's let's find out what's next, you know. Uh watch then you'll find me someday on a road and oh, man. <laughs> we'll be having this talk. Remember when I said that on the show? Um I, I want to ask you about the flashlight because I, I'm a little confused by a couple things on this. So you you have the flashlight, you put it, you unscrew it so that the battery does not touch and it's off, and you ask them to turn it on so that the, are they physically turning the flashlight or are they making the connection between the battery and the front end of the flashlight or do you do we know i think they're physically turning it at that point like i think it's always hard to see because we're usually in the dark when they're there and so i usually see the flashlight come on or off but i've seen them slightly move at times so i'm figured they're using the energy to slightly turn it enough to turn it on but they leave them loose so that they're able to do so but when there's some of them that when they get the hang of it, it's on, off, on, off, like they have it set. It's, it's pretty, it was interesting since the first time I've done anything like that. I was like, that's, that's different. But the reason SPI does that, they explained is because that is one of the things that 
you can't sit there and come in and go, that's fake. Because like how else, if no one is near it and touching it, you can't have a remote. You can't do yeah. something externally to make it do that. Same with the cat balls is that we stay far back from them. And if we bump them or do something, we're like, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yeah, cat and, balls and, are my favorite. And I was saying uh, earlier when we were talking, I really like that you guys say this shadow is the sound man. This this is the cameraman. This is because it, it, it people would just be jumping at every little thing that they see and writing in and going, oh, my God, did you see the shadow? You know. And and there's people that will leave it to be ambiguous, and I totally get it. I know people need to get viewers. With us, I would rather debunk because I don't want people, if they're going to message me, I'm a very blunt and honest person. I'll be like, no, that was so-and-so. Like, we had, I think, the, the boom mic crashed, and I was like, oh, I was like, come on. And it's right when all the activity was kicking up. And I, I can never say that wasn't paranormal or was. So I just go, it it crashed. Sorry, I can't tell you. That could have been a spirit knocking it over. Right. I don't know. I tend to make communication with the spirits before I actually go film. And I have found that's the only way my stuff doesn't get erased. Because yeah. all of our stuff was getting erased. Uh -huh. Camera broke. All the cards wiped. We had no explanation. We were writing the ghost stop people. No kidding. Like we were writing emails going, this is not working. And they're like, oh yeah. They're like, I hate to tell you this, but this must be your first time. Like they will erase your cards. Try to use this card or use this, you know, because we go with, is it the weather conditions? Is it this? But sure enough, before I filmed in Old Town Spring, I did a spirit session. And I think I recorded that. I can't remember. But I know that they said, we're going to burn your film. And I went, Oh, I was like, okay. That's <laughs> I was like, polite. I was like, please don't, please don't. <laughs> well, and there is an irony to the fact that, you know, everything that you're doing is on battery and they will often drain batteries to use energy to manifest. And then you can't catch them because they drained your battery. Exactly. Either that or they're going to drain me. And then I'm like this at the end of the night. Right. Yeah. And then telling children, go away. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, so with the, with, I remember there was one of the sessions, I think it was Amy Lee, is that her name from uh, SPI? So she was sitting there with the flashlight and she said, if you are a child, uh, turn the light on. And then the, the, I think nothing happened. And then she thought, okay, they've gone away. But what if it wasn't a child? What if it was an adult that was like, hey, I'm not turning the light on because I'm not a child, but I'm still here to communicate. Right. Like, it's a real tricky thing when you have, when you only have yes or no. Right. Very tricky on that. That's why uh, I like the spirit box better mm -hmm. so that I can usually get words. The problem is that you're so hyped up on adrenaline and surviving off coffee, tea, whatever you can to stay awake. Mm -hmm. Usually most of us come off of working since 5 a.m. Like, yeah. so we're really tired and we're trying to muster up the energy to communicate. So even in the hotel icon, we were getting things and we ended up shutting it off going, I guess we didn't get anything until I went back and looked at the footage and I went, we got names, we got this, we got that. Because my husband is the debunker because he's one of those very heavy skeptics. That's why I tell people I welcome skeptics to my show because I'm married to one. And he, he keeps me very grounded because he'll go, no, that was this. No, I, I definitely think it was that. And so I know if he's thinking that, people who watch it are thinking the same thing. Sure. So he'll tell me, just like when we were decoding some of what the spirit box was saying, we had to slow the audio down. Mm -hmm. So we didn't show all of that, but we went back when we were reviewing evidence, slowed it down. And I went, oh, that's clear. And it's like a little kid at Christmas. You're like, yay. <laughs> well, and, and I think at the end of the day, what we really want is the truth. 
I mean, yeah. it's it's not like going to a magician and you know that everything is a very staged illusion, but you want to believe that that's real. There's some part of that. With this, I think I'd rather know the truth. Yes. Was this a real event or was this, you know, coincidence? Did Was there a camera, like some issue with their flare or whatever? Exactly. Um, but the one with the spirit box, I think the one question I have, and this might be hard to answer, I don't know what the audio word for this is, which is really weird because I'm an audio engineer, but pareidolia. So the the idea of seeing something like seeing a rabbit in a cloud, because Mm -hmm. that's a similar shape. And so our minds go, that's a rabbit. Uh, I assume there's some audio term for that. How much of that do you think comes into play? Because it it could be there. It could not be there. There's got to be an element of that. Oh, yeah, there definitely could be. The first time I ever used the spirit box was the SB7. And I did a session to where it was just goofy me sitting in bed, laughing, trying to, my house is always chaos. I have animals. I have an adult child who loves to burst in and go, what are you doing? You know, Mm -hmm. so there's never no distractions. So I'm using that. And usually my first mind is, is that what that said? Is that what, so I record and I have to go back and I definitely go through and analyze. And then I usually put it through two or three more people and without telling them what it says, then try to see if I can get a different perspective. Like that way, it's not just me trying to create a word because I want to hear it so bad. And right. some answers are delayed, which that, you know, there was the answers that they asked. They answered later, I think, in Demon's Road of how many were there. Yeah. And I went, oh, crap. You know, in the in the editing process, we have to take hours of ghost hunting and condense it down to here. So there may have been that question too with with Amy asking about was it an adult? It probably was, but we had to condense everything down. Right. Yeah. That's why I was I was curious because I I she's pretty smart and I would think oh, that yeah. she would really know how to work her way around that. But the way that it came out, I was like, that's that just kind of took me by surprise a little bit. So I I figured it was probably an editing thing. Um, so you have been so generous with your time. Thank you so much. I love talking to you. I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. Always here. <laughs> but I have a question for you now that uh, you had mentioned uh, that that somebody on another show gave you a quiz. So I'll throw a question at you that popped into my head and see what you right. think. Uh, forget politics, forget religion, forget money, forget um, location issues. If you could do an investigation anywhere on the planet, round or flat, <laughs> where would you want to do one just and again no expense problems no travel issues nothing just you got a free pass to go somewhere where would you go 100 percent, i would go to a scottish castle because i feel Ooh. like that they preserve history over there better than we do and mm. their history is older than american history True. so i would love to go over there and to experience like imagine all the places that are haunted here if it's been haunted for 300 years that one's haunted for 3000 years, you know, something yeah. like that, like ex- ex- exponential amounts. You can go to Stonehenge, which has been there how long? So just kind of throwing it out there. People are going to go, yeah, it's been there for 3000 years. I'm like, just hypothetically saying <laughs> right. overseas, there are monuments and things that have been there that predate most things that we've had over here. So I would love to put my hands on that castle to just experience it. We had my spiritual advisor just came back from Egypt and he said, I'm not even gifted. And I felt things. So I was like, oh, that would be so neat to go to Egypt, too. That would be another checklist. 
Yeah, I, I would say Giza would be mine. Like the Pyramid of Giza, I think, would probably be an unbelievably fascinating, you know, or Easter Island. I think, you know, that would be another place where uh, it might be a lot happened there, a lot of history there. So there there might be some interesting things. And again, a very old, old, long history. Um, there's so many places. But yeah, I didn't expect Scottish Castle, but I definitely see where you're coming from on that. Yeah. For sure. That's how I'll know. Like, if you see me filming an episode in a Scottish castle, you can say, we've made it. That's how I know I've made it. If I'm sitting in a Scottish castle, I will be very excited. Right. No, that would be fantastic. I will keep my fingers crossed for that. Uh, are you able to, to, so season one just ended. Are you able to tell us when we should expect season two, or is that not decided yet? Uh, season two will be airing back October next year. Okay. In between, uh, like people are like, oh, I have to wait a year. It's like, well, in between, we're still doing investigations. So we'll show behind the scenes for different places. Like we have an investigation coming up in three weeks. Uh, we've got um, investigation coming up then in January. And then we are heavily checking off and scouting and getting history on places that we want to go. We have two new cast members coming on, which is cool. super exciting. Two new girls who are extremely excited to be on here. So their enthusiasm is, is going to keep everything fresh because I know there's yeah. so much we've already done, but yeah. I'm looking forward to new ideas, new places. I want to try something that people haven't tried before. And I'm running out of ideas because so many people have tried everything. I'm like, send me new things. Right. Well, and, and yeah, because there have been a lot of other shows that have covered a lot of the more popular places. But I think what you're doing is more interesting because... Okay, to go to Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great place to go and investigate. But you're also picking places I've never heard of. And oh. I find that interesting because I'm learning histories on places I, I never even knew existed. Oh. There are areas I haven't seen before. So I like that you're exploring what to me at least is unexplored territory. Oh, thank you. Now the Yorktown one is a popular one. It's been It has been done by so many people, but every experience I've seen with people going to Yorktown has been different. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what we're going to get. The reason I think we get a lot of activity a lot of times is we do have um, two full-blown mediums, which would be me and Lynette, and right. we pick up on things. I think things can channel through to us more. So we're more likely, since we are gifted, to pick up on things. That's kind of my mm -hmm. theory so far. Mm -hmm. So I want to get down to the truth of Yorktown. There, If you look up on the internet, it's the exact same story copied and pasted to the word. Yeah. Like and I, I'm sitting there going, everyone's saying 2000 people died. I'm like, how do you know that? And it's talking about a doctor. And it's like, I want to know about this doctor. Show me a magazine article or a newspaper article where this guy is there. Yeah. Like, well, I, and I think, too, if you were to go to some of the other popular places, like you could do the Alamo in Texas. Um, there's so just within Texas alone, there's tons of places. But I think the fact that, like I said earlier, that energy that you bring, that welcome, inviting, it's okay to talk to us, that that charm that you guys have. And I'm going to assume that your two cast members fit into that because I don't think you'd work with people 100%. that didn't. Um, I think that alone could bring out results that other people aren't getting. True. Very true. Because we're of course, very welcome. Yeah. We have yeah. one episode that we need to still put together, but we didn't get to go back and finish. Uh, well, I mean, we, the ghost hunting part was finished, but mm -hmm. the, all of the B-roll wasn't finished. But we had an episode of, of true crime meets the paranormal, which was very interesting because we knew the history of the house and the different things. And we didn't expect the answers we got 
from the Ooh. gentleman who had a, a message for the person who killed him, which I'm like, Ooh. do I go deliver this? I was like, should we film it? Like what? And then people are like, no, everyone's been telling me, no, they're like, this guy's going to come out and kill you. It's not worth it. Well, that's an interesting thing because I mean, obviously you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to put yourself in real life harm's way. I mean, you're putting right. yourself in harm's way with the ghosts, like we talked about, but this is a different, you know, especially going to a known killer and going, hey, by the way, I know you murdered somebody. <laughs> just wanted to let you know. Uh, and then then their reception of, I mean, can you imagine from their perspective what yeah. that would be like? Because that, that would just be insane. I mean, the yeah. first thing they do is dismiss you because they're not going to want to think it's real. Right. You know, then once I then, tell him though, he'll know. He'll know 100 percent because he told us true. stuff that it's not reported anywhere. That's why I like to do heavy research. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes we'll go into places not knowing anything at all and see if it matches the research. Like we've done that too to be able to confirm. Like mm -hmm. I've had um, I didn't know about the conjuring house until recently. And people go, How did you not know about that? I said, I have purposely avoided anything with the conjuring because it has scared the life out of me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm so curious. Like I'm yeah. morbidly curious. I'm like, see, I'm running towards the danger. I'm like, oh, I heard Zach Bagans got sick there. And I was like, I'll be fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, send me in. <laughs> well, one more thing I want to tell you before we wrap up is I want to thank you for the way that you stream your content. And obviously you being in media, you'll appreciate this. You do not overload us with, hey, I've got a video. Hey, I've got a video. Hey, I've got a video. You give us a nice stream of, oh, there's a new video. Let me go watch it. I don't, I, there's so many people that are just like, I have to put constant content out there and you don't. Thank you. It's, 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 it's good bite-sized stuff too, because the episodes, they go really fast. They do not seem like they're as long as they are. But then you, when you do your behind the scenes videos, especially your, your uh, first haunting experience videos, I really liked those because that oh. gave me a kind of a sense of who everyone is that I'm looking at and where they're at. Um, but yeah, you guys are are really doing a great job with the amount of content that you're putting it out. You're not, you're not making me forget you, but you're not overloading me. It's like right in that sweet spot. Oh, thank you. We appreciate that. TikTok has probably the most content. And that was the one that we put, you know, like I said, I don't overwhelm people. I mean, there's times that I, we're real people. We we have real lives. You know, there's times that I just want to forget social media and just try to forget everything. Like we went to Miami, took our trip. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, I didn't post anything till I got home because I, I wanted to enjoy my trip. I wanted yeah. to to be present in the moment. And I recorded things because I want to remember them. I mean, who right. knows, be an 80 year old lady and forget I even went to Miami. So. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and you deserve it. You know, everybody deserves time away from, even when you, when you're doing what you love, it can have its tedious moments, like sitting there and editing or waiting yes. for the files to render and things like that. Uh, so no, I, I appreciate it. I love your show. Thank you so much for getting it on the air. I'm really excited for season two and all the, the stuff that happens in between. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Well, we'll have to have you back again. Absolutely. I'm getting ready here. for season two. <laughs> and in the meantime, thank you guys for tuning into this special episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. It's always nice to do a show with a lovely guest on a Saturday, which for us is actually Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> You guys have a great day. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.